On this episode of the One Third Two Breeze podcast, we talk the probably going to go down as the greatest documentary, The Last Dance. The first two episodes came out Sunday. We were excited. We still are excited. Giddy like 10-year-old boys. Uh, we go in-depth into it, talk about Casey's technical glitches in his windy path of watching the two, the two episodes of The Last Dance. And we also talk NFL Draft that's coming up this week. All right, so this is a good, it's a better, it's an upbeat version of the 132 Breeze podcast. All right, let's start the show. Back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As Mar- as always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. And Casey, how are we doing tonight? Doing pretty good, Marlo. Bringing in a little bit more of a positive attitude to this week's podcast than uh, the last one. A uh, little bit somber last week, <laughs> as I'm sure uh, everybody noticed. But uh, feeling better this week, ready to go. And uh, we have... Something positive and exciting to talk about, and I think that's mainly, I guess, two things really to talk about on the list. But the last dance was out, Marlo. Well, before we get to that, mm-hmm. so I'm doing better. How yeah. are you doing? So, How are you, you doing? Only, we could only go up from last week. So, <laughs> well, but. last last week before I let you answer the question I asked you, uh, I knew I, it was going to be like kind of sad because we were essentially talking about all the things that weren't happening. Uh, but then when we sat down and actually talked through it, it just kept getting me more and more sad, <laughs> which I didn't anticipate and probably would have, in hindsight, tried to plan, uh, mentally plan for better. Um, but it kind of went down a rabbit hole and uh, did, did go too well. But again, uh, that's my fault. And we're back with better attitude, better news yeah. this time. Marlo, how are you? Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. I feel, I still think I'm on high from Sunday night. Not yeah. Monday today, four twenty, but much, but Sunday night. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm still on high of that. I'm excited about this. Like you said, we have positive moving forward. Almost a little bit of something that's planned that's actually happening for a change that we do get to talk about in the world of sports. Yeah, but well, yeah, a little bit. So I was thinking about this, and the past couple we we weeks we've been kind of surviving on nostalgia in watching some old Badger basketball games, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I was going to try to make a drug reference, but I'm thinking second of it. Those were <laughs> like a small amount of nostalgia that we were we were getting, let's say, a, a sip of nostalgia. I'll, I'll change it up to something I can relate more to. Yeah, This was a straight shot of nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. The last stance. It was like taking basically, uh, I know yours, but kind mm-hmm. of mine also, best childhood memories and hitting you with that with nostalgia and i loved it was great it, it was so great uh, to have it uh and, and especially in this time i think move, they moved it up obviously the launch and that was the right move uh yes. at, at least for for our sakes <laughs> um and it was fantastic it was and i think i i think we i think we talked when they they talked about release when they first said they were released it was like they said like a year ago or whatever and yeah. I, I couldn't have been more excited when they when they announced that. And then as it got closer to moving up, I'm just thinking, man, I know 30 for 30 does a great job on everything. Most mm-hmm. most of them are pretty good. And I was just like, man, I hope they don't mess this up. I hope they don't mess this up. And like as soon as that started, I was like, I don't want this to ever end. 
<laughs> I was just I was just in pure in for, uh, euphoria for like yeah. two hours, and it was so sad when it was over. Um, but I just it's these first those first two episodes of looking at high level overview was just it was awesome. And like you said, it was a shot from like my I'm not going to age myself, my young self there. Yeah. Um, I just remember a lot of a lot of stuff just came rushing back. Um, and yeah, we'll get into the details a little bit, but just overall, just like even hearing that. What time is it? Game time? Who just chills yeah. everywhere? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, so much of it is just like this is. So we talked about this a little bit before we got started, but this was kind of like when I was old enough to understand what was going on in basketball. Like yeah. this, my first memories are of Michael Jordan dominating the NBA, and I don't like. I remember watching like Bird and Magic a little bit, but like I don't really remember much of that but so like my formative basketball years were watching Michael Jordan and I think it's interesting because uh to think like what watching Michael Jordan would be like now <laughs> versus because mm-hmm. obviously I would cheer for probably I would probably be cheering against him right he would be a rival of uh of the Bucks um but at the time when you're young and your team stinks like the <laughs> Bucks kind of did you cheer for another team. You cheer for the winning team. So I was young enough that I was still kind of in that you cheer for the team that wins because then you feel better. Um, so I was growing up, I was, you know, a Packers fan, Brewers fan, Bucks fan, but also I kind of like the 49ers and I kind of like the Bulls because they were winning and it was fun to cheer for a winner. So you had it because it was your team and like it was yeah. your city and, and that was happening. But I also kind of got a bandwagon on that because I was still in that, um, Band, young kid bandwagon before you kind of got get older and saltier and, and rude against other people <laughs> who right. are succeeding. Yeah. Um, so I get a little bandwagon effect of my nostalgia of this. Yeah. I and mean, as, as they went into a little bit, like Michael Jordan was the biggest thing ever at that time, ever like to ever yeah. to that at that point in time, it was like the biggest everything happened. Um, so yeah. Should we get into details? Um, well, kind of off. I just want to piggyback off of before we get in the deals off of that. Yeah. I think they did it. Well, we'll lead into it because we'll start with the intros, but they, yeah, they didn't. So they started with the intros and they had kind of the late night intros and explaining who they are. And they did this yeah. whole like, look, Michael Jordan was really famous. And like, it almost seems like, yeah, you don't have to explain who Michael Jordan is. I'm here watching his documentary. You don't uh-huh. have to do this. But mm-hmm. I think what the intro did of being like, look how freaking popular Michael Jordan is. Like, right now when things happen, things go viral. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, it can be a nonchalant thing. All of a sudden, it's everywhere because of the internet, because of, you know, it's 2020. Um, things can just blow up so fast. But in the mid-'90s, early 90s, that wasn't the case. Like, we didn't right. have megastars we didn't have the accessibility that we have now and it just kind of took me back to to that and when it was like before we were all as connected as we are now and kind of uh had the the viralness that we have now that was a bad term geez um (laughs) the ability to consume the same media uh that we have now uh he was so famous and everybody yeah. knew he was uh so i just wanted to, to start with that they they introduced him as this famous person like, yeah. holy but crap I, he was way more famous than i even yeah think. and he said something there that's actually kind of funny um that you yeah, were watching this we know how famous michael jordan is i think uh like after 
after the show with like Jay and Dondi, like, apparently he's like a professor now or something. But anyways, they had him on a panel and he was saying that he's going to have a live chat with his with his students right afterwards. And he was explaining like, yeah, his students weren't even around for the Kobe and Shaq 3 P. So like, yeah, they probably know like Jordan shoes, but I don't yeah. know. Like, oh, it, that's could be, it could be news. Like I, it, it blew my mind, but like it could be news to them. Like how famous Jordan was. No, that's Just good. That's a good. Here. That's a good point. Um, yeah. So I guess yeah, that part wasn't directed towards me, although it was nice <laughs> and like kind yeah. of reminded me. Uh, that's that's a good point. That it, it kind of uh, would explain that to, to people who who are yo- who are younger. And I, yeah. I forget how old we are sometimes, Marlo. <laughs> uh, but I just the intros of them being on these late night shows and how how famous they are, and it would just doesn't it seem weird to like have. Like, sure, LeBron James would go on, on David Letterman, but like, you know, Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and like even Tony Kukoc, these were like household names. And to see them go on, you know, the Arsenio Hall show, and it's like, what, yeah. you know, I'm trying to think of like who the third best player on, uh, like Anthony Davis go on The Tonight Show. <laughs> like, that just seems so weird, but that was happening back then, and that's how famous, uh, they were, and I thought that the intros, the way that they did it, uh, was a really cool way to, to kind of show that famousness. Yeah. Uh, so let's go from that. Uh, and I'm going to, so I think part of this, Marlo, and I'm going to explain this to uh, <laughs> the people listening okay. is, all right, set the scene. We're going to figure out how to talk about this documentary <laughs> as we talk about it um, for a couple reasons. <laughs> One is, uh, I guess we didn't plan well enough to have it, to have it ready now. Uh, second is I had some technical difficulties <laughs> watching it, and um, because there was no live sports, I thought, hey, I don't need live TV. I can cancel my live TV Hulu subscription, and went to watch this, assuming it would be on ESPN Plus for some reason. I still had that subscription, uh, but it wasn't because of you know disney's greedy and whatnot whatever it's fine um and just kidding disney if you want to sponsor us that's totally fine um we're, we're here for that um so i'm scra- the first 20 minutes was me scrambling to try to figure out how to watch this <laughs> eventually i had to re-up my my hulu live so i spent marlo 50 dollars to watch this 50 dollars to watch this nice. uh worth it. worth it worth it so then so i'm watching this and I'm behind now, right? Because I started, I'm 20 minutes behind or 30 minutes behind, whatever it was by the time I finally got it working. And Hulu's site, w- by the way, was not working. Like I was trying to change my account and they're like, sorry, temporary. It's probably so many people were signing up for Hulu Live so they could watch this, I'm sure. Um, yeah. well, you idiot- were the only one, Keith. Yeah, I- idiots like me were <laughs> <or> scrambling. <laughs> uh, so I was watching it and then at some point it jumped to live. So I went from like halfway through the first episode so I think halfway through the second episode and all of a sudden, like they're talking about Paris. They're talking about whatever. I, I don't, I, I don't have it jotted down, but kind of going through my notes here. They're like talking about Jerry Cross. And all of a sudden they're talking about Scotty Pippen. <laughs> and like they're going in a deep dive in Scotty Pippen. I'm like, Oh, this makes sense. And then it ended. And I was like, that was a really quick second episode. <laughs> it's like, Oh, it just skipped. It just skipped two thirds of the episode. And I had to go back and try to figure out. So it might be, that's another reason why this might be a little bit scattered. Uh, but I, I think mainly we're going to try and figure out what works and, and 
talk about how we watched it, not in that yeah. kind of disjointed way, but the kind of the things that stuck out to us, see what works and we'll go from there um, and figure it out. But um, anyway, yeah. that story took way longer than I thought, but I think it was fun. <laughs> it was not fun as it happened because I was <laughs> frantic uh, trying to trying to set up. Um, all right. So intros happened. Uh, I guess let's go to the draft because they cut. So they, one of the interesting things about this is essentially it's based in the 97, 98 season, right? Right. Right. Yeah. It's so it's the last dance. It's, um, as Phil Jackson apparently called it. Um, yeah, so Phil, I, they, I don't think they did that enough. Uh, like Phil, like talking about how Phil, like he came up with the, with the phrase for every season and he called yeah. that one the last dance. I, they just kind of like said that it's what they call that season the last dance. But I, oh, I remember being a kid. I remember being hearing that as a kid and like how he used to make people read books and need to have a theme for every season. And I thought they spent a little, maybe they will. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but they just, but the fact that they called that one the last dance and that's the, the title of the documentary, I thought they'd go into it yeah. a little bit more, but yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe they will. And well, yeah. you're jumping a little bit on my Phil Jackson. I have a Phil Jackson note in, in the show notes, Marlo. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to know what the other, what were the other, you know, five seasons that Jordan was there? What were the seasons without Jordan there? I want to know those, what those were called. Um, <laughs> like the first year without Jordan, what would that, what was that season called? That was uh, hold on to your butts. Yeah, um, it was. It was. <laughs> it was. Stop gambling on sports. <laughs> it's a little conspiracy theory for you out there. Um, so, uh, so last dance. So it's un, they had quote unquote unprecedented access because essentially everybody knew, and we'll talk about why that was when we talk about Jerry Crossman in a little bit. Uh, that this was the last season that this core of this team was going to be together. Uh, so they had quote unquote unprecedented access, but I think the documentary as maybe again, maybe I'm just a show for documentaries, but like the way it, it it's based in that, but it jumps around. So the first thing it jumps back yeah. to, I think is Michael Jordan getting drafted, which makes sense. That's the start of his career, a little bit of his college yeah. time, but the start of yeah. his career and yeah. just seeing Michael Jordan as a, what would he have been? 20, 21 year old. I think it's 20. Yeah. Uh, being interviewed and just being like, I hope to make the Bulls a respectable organization. I, I hope, I hope to, I hope to contribute to a team. Yeah, that was just, a line too. <laughs> again, contribute. Going back to like what my my memory is is he was my memory is he was always the best. So it's to watch him be at a point where he wasn't the best and kind of just like you know uh, this young kid coming into the NBA was was remarkable to see. Um, he wanted to make the Bulls respectable. I think a reporter asked him about uh, rebuilding the Bills being a rebuilding team. And he took a shot at the Cubs. I thought it was fantastic. He says the Cubs have been rebuilding for 42 years. I think he was off by a couple decades at that point. But God, it was hilarious. <laughs> <I> was just, <laughs> well, that was 90, that, and, that was 97, Michael. Because he was that okay. Was, yeah, he was that. That was the interview after the finals. Ah, okay. The question. Oh, yeah, they talked about same, the rebuilding. Okay, yeah, so then he was even even a couple more decades. Uh, yeah. Oh god, the cup shot was that. That was I was just you know he over here is a Bruce fan cheering cheering for that one. And only in Chicago could you like become more lovable <laughs> by making fun of the Cubs. Like that's yeah. That's where they were. That's where they're at there. I thought that was hilarious. Um. Anything else on the on, on the draft? Well, so, the draft. The draft. I mean, I, I don't think I, I know. I think a lot of people knew that Jordan or the Sam Bowie went over Jordan. 
I liked how they went into and they like explain why like they had the uh, uh, Portland Trailblazers had uh, Drexler, which is a Hall of yeah. Famer, which you know kind of makes sense. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't realize like Olajuwon was number one in that draft. Really yeah, people, people don't talk about that. He's a Hall of Famer, but and then also they went down the road of like Jordan was the best player, but at that time it was a very center dominated league, and right. how everyone's like, oh well, he's only six six. Like, what the hell is he gonna do? Yeah, um, you I can't you can't carry a team. As, <laughs> yeah, you can't if you're not so exactly. And I thought that was uh, just a, I thought that was great framing by the by the documentary, like showing what the NBA was at that time. And then yeah, yeah, it's. I, I saw a comment that essentially was like, that's how great Elijah was it. Nobody's like, well, they should have taken Jordan first because Elijah yep. was so good. Yep. Um, I, okay. From a pro Jordan, Jordan standpoint. Yeah. Cause Jordan retired for two years and Elijah won one. Like if, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. If Elijah never wins, then we're rethinking it. And again, I don't know. You, you could argue that they, whatever, there's arguments to be made that they were able to yeah. have, you know, the legs to do the second three Pete because he missed those two years and they didn't have to play those games. It would be really hard to play that many games in eight years. But like Olajuwon, the kind of the, he was a great player. I don't get me wrong, yes. but like yeah. kind of that you go, well, he won two champions. He won two, he won both years, right? Or just one. Yeah. He won the years. two years. But he was both the years. two years. Jordan wasn't there. So exactly. Yep. Yeah. But um, let's, let's sell down with that. But it, it is true. Like, yeah, obviously you can't, blame that and it i think it's still a little unfair to sam bowie a little unfair <laughs> because it's just such hindsight it's just such hindsight and oh, i don't yeah. think people in okay. if you go back to it i don't think people were there being like this is a disaster pick like he it, it seemed like a reasonable pick it's not like I don't know. He's Darko Milicic or anything, right? Like, was he that bad? I don't. Maybe he no, was. No, he wasn't but that like, bad. You're right. It's all. It's all hindsight. It, it and Dar- is, it's all hindsight. And Darko was that bad in the moment. Yeah, Darko. <laughs> like, that was a bad pick, Detroit. <laughs> in the moment, it was bad, and it didn't make sense. And they're like, "Well, you know, they have they have Tayshawn Prince or whatever it was. <laughs> they don't they don't need Carmelo Anthony here. Very weird. Uh, or Dwayne Wade, right? He he went after him too. Yeah. Uh, yep. So the draft, the draft stuff, the the interview with the big uh, your your piece in the ear was hilarious. <laughs> uh, that that was just you know dated a, a little bit. Uh, and then the other thing, I guess, this is draft related, but the the pre Jordan Bulls. Now uh, mm. I had I had no idea that what the status of basketball was like in Chicago before Michael Jordan. Again, I just knew that Jordan was winning titles and Chicago was the best basketball city, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yep. They were drawing this. I couldn't believe it. they were drawing less fans to Bulls games than an indoor soccer team, and that my mind exploded. Like I had to pick <laughs> my mind. I had to gather a pack up and put it back on my head so I can continue to watch watch the show. Um, they were that, and maybe it was a little bit of where the NBA was in the mid '80s uh, mm-hmm. or early '80s. Uh, but because that's st- what early '80s, you're still kind of like early bird magic. Like that's still not. I mean, you're no, you're I mean, in the you're, thick of it. You're, you're in the thick of it. So, but Chicago's just terrible at basketball. Yeah, I guess. Chicago was just terrible. So they had the third pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, and and probably should add what uh, Lowry picked the next yeah year or two. Um, but just like the idea that Chicago would care so little about basketball was mind blowing to me. Literally, yeah. um, well, not literally, figuratively, as I 
graphically explained a moment ago. Uh, I thought that was that was crazy. Yeah, that's it's it is kind of wild to see. I, I think that was a surprise to me too. Um, ob- yeah, obviously because you know just being a baby at that time. Uh, but just yeah, like you said, like not knowing what 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 bulls were pre Michael, um, and just how bad it was. And, and yeah, and, and just and um, they went into it real quick about like <laughs> the statement. Well, I, did you catch the quote of the newspaper that they called the, they called the bulls? No, it was that? Uh, oh shoot! It was oh uh, the cocaine circus. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> lean, you're leaning into my next point here. Oh, I know. I'm going straight in. So, <laughs> it's the co- the cocaine uh, uh, circus. But I didn't know that, and I thought it was awesome. They just asked Jordan, and he just just started la- like cracking up, laughing, and went into an amazing story. Amazing story. Um, yeah. About that. Yeah, it goes in, uh, knocks on a teammate's hotel door, right? Knocks yeah. on it. Uh, oh, you hear, hush, 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 hush. Who is it? It's Michael. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, kind of draft comments. He makes the sh- uh, We'll talk about it when we talk about Roy Williams, I guess. Um, so he knocks the door. It's Michael. Oh, he's a rookie. Let him come in. He walks in the room. And let's just say there's all kind of debauchery going around <laughs> all throughout the room. And he just goes, no, I'm going to get rest and play basketball. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I mean, amazing. amazing um, just a sliding doors moment, right? Yeah. Like yeah. he could have just done. I don't know if it was the easy thing because he probably felt very awkward. Again, he was like 20, 21 years old. Not having been, it was just funny. He, he he said he came from North Carolina. That was a clean, a clean atmosphere, essentially, or a clean organization, or clean, whatever he called program. it. Clean program. That was clean program. I, yeah, it was a clean program. To this, and he's just like, nah, I'm good, and yeah. goes back, and just like I'm gonna get rest and practice basketball. <laughs> just, yeah. I, I don't know if it was. I'm sure a little bit was like, what the heck? A little bit of it was like just his sheer competitiveness and determination. Uh, but just like this combination to just be like, I'm going to ignore whatever is going on here and be a better basketball player is kind of amazing. I, yeah. I, 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 the fact that they let that story out, I was like, I thought I was, that's when I knew this was going to be great that they mm-hmm. would, that they would let that story into the documentary. Um, yeah. So that was fantastic. And I just, I, <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Like he just had a big belly laugh and chuckle and when they brought that up. But yeah, he went into that story. It was awesome. Well, I thought, yeah, they, they did a good job of being like some team leaders and like yeah. other players on the team it made it a little vague. So like there's like kind of deniability for each individual person. But like, yeah. Yeah. The team was partying up in the hotel room. And Michael Turner was like, no, I'm good. Again, he's telling the story and he went on, but like, that's just an amazing sign doors moment. Um, of the pre Jordan, pre Jordan Bulls. Uh, oh man. Uh, Interesting, interesting time to be. And I, I, you're right. Then they talked about the newspaper, the newspaper there, doing that. Um, all right. Uh, I talked about a little bit Roy Williams. Uh, I guess let me start by let's go back to college with Roy Williams. So Roy Williams yeah. was an assistant at North Carolina uh, for Dean Smith, obviously now the head coach of the University of North Carolina. Um, 
I love listening to Roy Williams talk. <laughs> Just, first of all, if he came into like my living room, let's pretend I was a good basketball player. And, okay. and he came in and like sold me on going no. I don't know how I would say no to Roy Williams. The, just whenever he talks, I'm just like, I'm in. Whatever you want, Roy Williams, I am here for it. So you know he's a good coach. He gets you to run through a brick wall. I don't know how good a coach he is, but God, he can recruit. Because he recruited the crap out of me. Just in talking about somebody else, I'm like, this dude. I want to be around that guy more. I want to hear him talk. It was amazing. Um, Mr. Williams. So he described, he was kind of the, they had some great Dean Smith interviews though. That was, that yeah. was really cool to see. Cause obviously that wasn't part of this. Uh, this is kind of when I talked about the documentary kind of peeling back from the main focus, 97, 98, but they had footage of Dean Smith talking about Michael Jordan. Now I thought that was, that was just really cool too. Again, I don't remember Dean Smith very much. Um, to hear him talk about Michael Jordan, presumably those were kind of in the time and to talk so great about him. And I guess the main thing that Dean Smith was, it was after Michael Jordan's junior year and Michael talked about this was he was like 50, 50 about going back, which today seems so bizarre yeah. um, that you would, I mean, today he's pro after hitting that shot as a oh, freshman, he, he goes pro immediately. Yeah. And then two years later, which we'll talk about in a second, <laughs> two years later, He's still like, I don't know if I should go pro. I don't know if I'm ready yet is just mind blowing. Uh, and to see Dean Smith kind of like kind of pushed him out the door <laughs> a yeah. little bit, not yeah. push him out the door, but like encouraged him to, to right. take that next step was, is pretty crazy. It's early cow. Is there a cow Um Yeah. He's like my guy, <laughs> my guy, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> <I'm Jordan. laughs> and then um, he, so he hits, go ahead. Sorry. No, he hits a shot. I, I think some of that other, like, going back, they had interviewed some of his old teammates. I thought some of that stories were cool. Um, oh God, I should have, I didn't, I didn't his name, but he was just like, when he came in his rookie year, and yeah. he just kept playing, the guy was like, yeah, I was better to him for a week. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was just playing. I thought that was, I was fantastic. Yeah. Just, yeah, they had that little bit where it was like, everybody was just like, they, how awesome they all knew he was going to be right. It yeah. was, he showed up to practice and everybody was like, Holy shit, this dude's strong. And like, this dude is, he gets it. He works hard. Bob Knight, they went to the, um, the Olympic team. It was on the, the Olympic. 84 Olympic team. Yeah. And Bob Knight yeah. said, Hold on, I'm written down here. Yeah. Uh, Bob Knight says he's the best player he's ever seen <laughs> in 1984. Uh, Bob Knight had seen some pretty good players, uh, to that, to that point. Uh, and saw some great ones, great ones afterwards, but it just kind of was like, everybody's like this guy, once they see him, right again, this is, it's hard to kind of think pre-internet era. Cause now we kind of see a lot of things, but like everybody sees him and it's like, this dude's a little bit different than everybody we've seen before. Roy Williams, the best quote before we get off Roy Williams was, um, about the off switch. He goes, Mike's the only player who has an on, who I've ever, oh, shoot, what was it? He's the only player I've seen to turn it on and off. And he never turns it off. <laughs> you know, I think you got it right. Is he never? He's the only player he knows who has an off switch, but never turns it off. Yeah, it never turns it off. It was unbelievable. Again, maybe I was biased because I was worried about saying it. But <laughs> no, it's definitely it the way Roy. Like we do not do it justice either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go back and look at Roy Williams. It was, yeah, I mean, fantastic. Um, so coming in, he gets he gets. Drafted by I forget the GM, but the GM who Kai, who went to eighty five. So I think right after um, Jordan gets drafted, 
that GM gets fired or whatever. Your boy Jerry Cross comes into the picture. Let's talk about Jerry Cross for a little bit, Marlon. Oh, Does that work? Talking about Cross. Yeah. Let's go. So let's switch yeah. it from people people talking good about Michael Jordan, people praising singing his praises to Jerry Cross. Yeah. So it, it the way the first episode, again, first ish episode, a little confused in the timeline, mm-hmm. talk it's kind of set Jerry Cross up to be the villain. And oh. perhaps he perhaps he is. Mm-hmm. Um but let's talk about how Jerry Krause got this job to begin with. Cause and you might need to educate me here. Cause I was a little confused. Cause they just kind of said he was a scout for the white Sox. Yeah. So Ryan Storff hired him to be GM of the bulls. Yeah. And I thought that seems uncommon. <laughs> that seems a weird path to take. Um, and feel free to go off. If, uh, uh, so let's start there, and then yeah. let's talk about Reinsdorf in a general sense in a moment. Well, Reinsdorf, I mean, as you know, Reinsdorf owns the White Sox and the Bulls. Yeah. So, yeah, for the go, like, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that it's Reinsdorf, uh, right? but it's like he had this GM, he, I, I was a scout, I guess he did pretty good, and he was looking for a GM. And you also got to think at the time, like, again, it, was, it wasn't like the Bulls would be able to attract an awesome GM. <laughs> You know, yeah, that, fair. They they just had so that that's what that's that was my take from it. The show that he went from a scout to give was like Jerry Krause probably it, just pinching pennies and was getting yeah. guys in in an in an office that he could control. That's what I yeah. took away from it. Uh, and that's yeah, that's how I kind of that's how I put the pieces together. That that's fair. I uh, I guess it just it seems so strange. So Jerry Krause comes in, and to be fair. I, I guess I was going to say, to be fair, he builds a really good team. He makes some yep. moves, gets a really good team, and obviously they won. Uh, and he was the GM for that. And he should get credit for that. The problem is he wanted more credit than yep. he got. And maybe maybe he deserved more. So let's. I guess let's first let's talk uh, yeah. so let me break that. I about think- the negative side. Okay, so overall, I, I, this was the part that, like, really, this is one of the things I remember very well, right, uh, about going through this. And I think, um, like, the Jerry Krause stuff, and I, I don't think it's, it's going it's gonna to get worse throughout, to be honest with you. Uh, but <laughs> it is it is painted in a really bad light in these, in these first two episodes. And I think it, as a fan in Chicago, I remember he was not liked. And it, the, the most... Like one of my first memories of like knowing about a front office or anything like that, like besides players, was when he came out with that quote that like, uh, you know, players don't players don't win championships, uh, management wins championships, organizations win championships. Right? Yep. Uh, and I do remember that coming out and being like having this conversation with my dad about it, like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. like the players obviously win championships. Um, but I remember that being a sore spot in Chicago fandom for like ever, um, and that I. Yeah, so well, I thought I, I thought it was a great in the documentary. He gets asked about it and yeah. he says, but the reporter left out that I said only at the end of it. Players yeah. don't win championships only or whatever it was. Organization wins championships is not players only. Yeah, but yes, that softens it. But the the crux of what you're saying is still there. Yep. That the organization in so to his point, I understand his point. It's just a terrible, terrible point. Is that um, 
the organization as a whole wins championships. And we kind of see, you can see that with the Spurs, right? If you kind of go think of the Spurs, you think of an organizational stability, you sure. think they have the GM there, you have Popovich, you have Duncan. It all works together. The problem is they weren't a butting heads with the players. They weren't anti-player. Right. They were, players were part of the organizations. Krauss saw the organization as being greater than the players. Right. That was the thing. Across all he had to do is just shut up and he would have been fine. Uh, and I I think <laughs> I think I think that I think the first episode did a very good job of showing like he just wouldn't shut up. Like he couldn't get out. Yeah. Like, I think it was I don't know, it was Pippin that said he couldn't get out of his own way, but um yeah, and that's I mean that was that was it. Just like you said, like he created this amazing team that you know we're obviously talking about now but people yeah. people are going to remember from time, from time and it's like it may be like one of the i don't want to say the last but it's like going to be one of those true dynasties that we talk about yeah um and he did that but he couldn't just let it be <laughs> like he had to be like he did that so um he always gets credit for putting it together but he also and it, i think this is where it's going to get worse if you want to look in the field there he's also he takes a shit ton of blame for pulling it apart yeah, and uh, it seems so bizarre to look back at it and him willfully going into a rebuild. Not in a, like, let's be smart about this and, like, move a couple pieces, but, like, very openly being like, we need to change some stuff around here as they're winning championships. Yeah. And, um, I mean, no, nothing more obvious than... The Phil Jackson situation. Yep. Uh, and this, I, I, I don't get whatsoever. It's a money thing, so you kind of got to go back to Reinsdorf on this too, I think. Because um, Phil was, it seems like underpaid, and we'll talk more about underpaid with Scottie Pippen in a little bit, but he didn't have a contract going into 97, 98. They gave him a one-year, $6 million deal to come back. And it... <sighs> Again, maybe this is a little bit of hindsight because now it seems so clear that Phil Jackson is probably the top. He's a top three coach of all time. Let's just yep. say that. Yeah. Um, and it seems obvious in hindsight that he is that. Yep. But in the time, maybe you're like, maybe you could plug in somebody else. Right. And, and do just as well. Uh, so maybe that's a little bit of hindsight talking, but the fact that like you're going to squabble over dollars for the coach who's making all this work, who's, you know, laminating and labeling every season and all that just doesn't. And, and that seemed to be kind of the centerpiece of the unwinding to me uh, uh, yeah. so far. Yeah. And I mean, who the hell, like, could you imagine if this went down to day, like, yeah, we're bringing you back for a year, but guess what? This is absolutely like no one would say that now. This is absolutely your last year. This is the last year. You this, no, under no circumstances no, will you be coming. So like it would be, it was a circus, but it would have been so much of a circus nowadays. Like if you said that, like, it, there's no way it would have lasted a full season, no matter how well you were doing, right? Like something right. would have had to give in the today's NBA, in today's media. But um, I just, I, I just, as that part was wild. Like in no way you're coming back. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. And I think that was kind of the the center point. That's why it made it the last dance. That's how it got yep. the name, and that's how. I mean, Michael Jordan was on record saying, "I'm not going to play for a different coach," and to be Jerry Krause and to sit there 
or Jerry Reinsdorf. I don't know who's making this decision, but like to look your star coach, the most popular player in the world, look at that situation and go, yeah, I'm moving on. And to just, yeah. I, I can't imagine make, making that decision. It, it seems so bizarre. And we're not talking about like a rebuild where you're like, okay, we we'll keep these guys and we trade Tony Kukoc for whatever, some younger pieces or whatever kind of a thing to keep it going. I just grabbed Tony Kukoc out of, out of the air because <laughs> like, you know, the fourth or fifth, third, fourth, fifth best player, whatever. Um, another starter, right? But to be like, mm-hmm. I'm shopping Scotty Pippen. Jordan and Jackson can pound sand is just <laughs> unbelievable. It's an unbelievably arrogant thing to do. Uh, and I, I guess that's where it makes sense that there, he presumably will be well was already and probably will be the villain throughout this thing in his defense. Oof. Unpopular opinion alert. They were really mean to him. they were a-holes to him and did not show him respect did he deserve respect i don't know probably not but like the animosity was so high and it it's it's not it's mostly on kraus don't get me wrong (laughs) but you know they were mean to him. <laughs> and yeah, they, that doesn't justify anything he did. That doesn't justify his strategy, the way he was a GM, his demeanor, whatever. But the players could have handled it a little bit better. Um, yeah, one of the things I do love about this coming out is obviously it's, it's starting more debates because, one, we don't have much to debate about right now. And, two, it's like yeah. the ultimate lightning rod. But... um the uh speaking of that it's like i saw a lot of going around after this came out jerry kraus next to the uh the leader of the monsters from space jam and <laughs> how eerily similar they may look oh <laughs> what i talk about being mean uh so yeah that, oh that, i see that <laughs> i watched that a little bit ago yeah i could see that yeah yeah exactly so obviously uh uh that's coming out then michael will do the, michael obviously put that in there to to look like jerry kraus Nice, nice. I I totally see that. Uh, although some of the things like you gonna do some layups, that kind of stuff, that was actually kind of need to get a shorter rim. Kind of, kind of hilarious. Kind of hilarious. <laughs> but like, just don't. I don't know. When I, I'm just trying to think, like, because at the end of the day, this is like a workplace, right? Yeah. And like to see how they interacted is just so unlike any workplace I've ever been in. Again, it's a Professional athletes. I know it's different, but it's still a workplace, right? Yeah. Just it's so strange. It's so strange. It's so strange. Um anything else on Jerry Krause? No, that's it. I just it's gonna get worse. That's all I'm saying. That's all right. Well, let's pivot kind of kind of Jerry Krause-ish to Scotty Pippen, because the the crux of the Scotty Pippen um was his well, in the 97-98 season, right, which, again, this is focused on, was his unhappiness, holdout, late surgery, his unhappiness with the contract. He signed a seven-year, $18 million contract, which is just seems baffling. In the contracts that we see now, it just seems absolutely baffling. He signed a seven-year, $18 million contract. Um, this also kind of touches on uh, Reinsdorf's general cheapness, where he's just yep. kind of... 
at times he comes off and he's like, oh, he's just a smart businessman, you know? And yeah. he, where, when he says things like, you sign a contract, don't expect to see from you, hear from you again until your contract's done. And it's like, smart businessman. I get that. <laughs> I get that. All right. Sign a contract. It's my word is binding. It's solid as oak. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then, like, you think, and you take a step back and you're like, but, like, this is basketball. That's not how things work. Like, what are you talking about? Scotty Pippen is the 100, and man, they hammered this 122nd highest paid player in the NBA. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. They hammered that. Um, and just the. It, so, I get. Where am I going with that? Uh, so, his contract was kind of the centerpiece of this, and he signed a shitty contract. Yeah, he did. But he was also like what the seventh, eighth highest paid player on the team. At some point, you got to kind of figure that out, rectify, and kind of come maybe to a middle ground. I'm not saying right. you got to give him the house, you know, give yeah. him the everything, but come to some sort of agreement. My God. Yeah. When you got a Tony Kukoc making twice as much as you, there's a problem. There's a problem. Yeah. Like anyone can see that. So I don't, it's, it's really interesting because I don't blame. Pippen at all. I would be interested to kind of revisit those when Jordan was gone years. I want to go back and look at that a little bit more and be like, what was it like then? Because he was still an all-star. Obviously, he was a very yeah. good player. I'm like, you know, but he was still like producing under this shitty, shitty contract um, that he apparently couldn't, wasn't able to to get out of. And just for the organization, again, this organizational stubbornness to be like, sorry, man to drive a wedge between your second best player who is clearly elevating your best player. Uh, the number one Robin, right? I mean, yeah. if we think you got, let's go, let's go. Let's quickly rank Robins, right? You got <laughs> Pippen, yep. young Co young Kobe. Uh huh. That's all I got. Then we got <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was waiting for this list. Worthy. Worthy's probably up there. Um, um, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Dwayne however Wade. you fall, however you fall on that. Yeah. Shaq to Dwayne Wade. That's a good Robin. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne to Wade to LeBron. Definitely uh, the best Robin that LeBron's had. Yeah, for sure. Chris uh, Middleton to Giannis. I know we were all thinking. We were all thinking <laughs> Chris Middleton. I just gonna. I'm just gonna say it. Oh man. Yeah, it's a good exercise. I like it. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But he, I mean, but he's the number one. He's the number one. I think that I think that exercise right there tells you it's like who else could you think of as such a good player? Like, and I, and, and as we talked about, like even all those Robins, like at some point, they were the main guy. They were the main guy. Um, Wait, yeah, because Shaq was Batman to Kobe's Robin, and then he was Robin to Wade's. Batman. Boom. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. There you go. So for example. <laughs> we gotta come over with LeBron to be a wingman to like Tristan Thompson or something. <laughs> Tristan Thompson, <Yes>. Batman. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Kevin Love. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Kevin Love on the bench nursing a shoulder injury. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Brian James Robin. All right. Right, right now in my head, I just see the uh, J.R. Smith get, uh, image where LeBron's like, what are you doing? And just as they're holding the ball, like, yeah. the basket's over there. You ran out of time. Um, 
That's the anti uh, the anti Robin, whatever that whatever that would be. All right, where were we? Okay, Pippin contracts, trade demands. It did a really good. The documentary did a really good job of explaining Scottie Pippin's situation, and I think led you to believe that Scottie Pippin was justified in his complaints and demands. And I think I'm there. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I I I don't think. So I saw a screenshot of the salaries. It was like Michael Jordan, $30 million. <laughs> Next guy was like four. I don't remember exactly what it was. No, you're right. It was like that. But Scotty Pippen was making like, Scotty Pippen was making like $2 million. Yeah. And I don't remember NBA rules, but like you, if that helped you keep Michael Jordan, it's probably worth it. Right. If right. you had to underpay Scottie Pippen to keep Michael Jordan, but I think it was just more like, we're going to stick everybody else to give Michael Jordan, whatever we can. Cause he's not going somewhere else. Right. At that point, maybe he would, I mean, in 97, 98, maybe, but like you could have probably paid Michael Jordan 26 and kept Scottie, you know, yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah. like it was so one-sided and I'm sure there were salary caps and things, but like, the fact that he was that that much lower obviously is is um not was not right and they did a good job of i think explaining that um and i thought they did a really interesting job of explaining kind of Scotty Pippen's where he came from yeah. um no i did a really good job of that cuz i didn't know that and so he's from you know a large family from the south from arkansas um I think this is a great time to bring in the kind of guest commentators that they had on the show. Uh, so to talk about Scotty Pippen's upbringing a little bit, uh, at least when he played at Central Arkansas, was uh, Bill Clinton. You may know him as the former governor of Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. He was there uh, to to weigh in on it, um, only to be one-upped. I guess this happened before that in the show, yeah, but... Before, yeah. To be one upped by uh, Barack Obama, you may know him as a former resident of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that was his title, former resident of Chicago. Absolutely amazing! That was fantastic. I uh, hilarious, just hilarious that you're like these two former presidents. This is yeah. how they fit into this story. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's such a blockbuster move to be like. You know what? You know who we should interview. Two presidents. How two, two, two presidents. presidents. And we're not going to say that they were presidents. We're going to no. say this is how they relate to ours, to, to Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan is the centerpiece. Who's this Barack Obama, Obama guy? <laughs> he, <Yeah>. just, <laughs> he rooted for Michael Jordan like everybody else. <laughs> like everybody else in Chicago. He yeah. was just a fan. But a um, successful fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scotty Pippen. Who's this guy? Oh, he was just around and kind of heard about Scotty because he was running the state at the time. Yeah, That's yeah. All. Central Arkansas. He was there in the capital, probably in the central part of the state. Blanking on it right now. Well, this is what happens when you record live. <laughs> so yeah, so fantastic, like cameo interviews. I guess you would call them. It's rock something. Rock something, Arkansas. All right. <laughs> Fantastic cameos. So Scotty Pippen wasn't even on the team at Central Arkansas. He was yeah. an equipment Division manager. Division, no. Division two. Whatever. Whatever it was. Was NCAA. Whatever it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's an equipment manager 
and he's like, I can, I can just do it. I can, I, I can make it. Coach put me in essentially his whole freshman year. Then he grows five inches. <laughs> he just grows five inches and everybody's like, whoa, this dude. <laughs> <laughs> and he becomes like, what a top, what is he a top 10 pick? Out of yeah, nowhere. Pick, I, number seven. Yep. I mean, out of nowhere, it comes out of nowhere, it comes from, you know, nothing in, in Arkansas wasn't recruited at all. Equipment manager. All of a sudden, he's a number seven pick. And to the Seattle, Seattle Supersonics. Yeah. Trade him for. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe they would have stayed in Seattle. Traded him. I don't even remember what they traded him for. Did they, did they say it doesn't, it doesn't really I matter, know. I guess. I can look it up. It doesn't really matter. Seth Spartan is on it. Gets traded to the Bulls. Just a meteoric rise. I mean, unbelievable. And then he gets offered a seven million, seven year, $18 million contract, which he's just like, give me the guaranteed money, which I totally, totally understand and totally makes sense. And the Bulls, Jerry Krause and Reinsdorf definitely, definitely knew this. And they definitely, definitely offered this knowing he would take it. And then Jerry Reinsdorf is sitting there going, I told him it wasn't a good deal. I told him, you know, you're selling low. You signed the contract. It's your deal (laughs) to sit there and say, like, I told him this was a bad deal is ridiculous. He's going to take the guaranteed cash because of the situation in which he's in having two, having his dad and her brother in a wheelchair. Absolutely tragic to offer that deal to him. And then act like you were warning him is it's something else. It that's a bit mm, evil strong. Evil is a strong word for it, but they definitely. I feel like they knew what they were doing there, and they definitely underpriced him. Yep. And now sit here and go, "Well, you we signed a contract," and that's ridiculous. Yeah. So Scotty was traded. The Bulls had the eighth pick, so he traded for eighth pick. Which was Olden Polins, some center again. Sure, yeah. Virginia. He was tall. Yeah, he was tall. It was a center dominated league. So yeah, but no, you're you're absolutely right. That was I did a good job painting that picture of why he would like the reasons behind why he would sign a contract like that. Um, and then the reverse side of hey, you signed a contract and that's and that's what you're gonna be playing out through. So I thought that was definitely definitely well done. So then, kind of in the in the Pippin versus Bulls struggle, um, I forget when Jordan's statement was. If it was in hindsight or if it was in when it was happening, because I think I think he was pretty mum when it was happening. Um, but I think they kind of voiced it over uh, a, a scene. So we were watching a video when Jordan's voice was over it, and he said, "When people mention Michael Jordan's name in the same breath, they should mention Scottie Pippen." Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yep. And then Phil's take was essentially like Scotty was right. Like I was yeah. fully on board with Scotty. Um, so it seemed like everybody, again, it was everybody versus management versus the organization. Right. Much like it is today. But um, <laughs> <laughs> don't spoil this with the current, current bullshit. <laughs> I can't, I, I, and no I'm not going to handle it. No current bull stuff. All right. Um, so Phil's Phil's take on so Phil's take on that. He just 
again, that was after the fact. That was him being interviewed later. But like every time they showed Phil, mm. he just seemed to be saying the perfect thing. That's Phil Jackson, man. And I just wanted to be like, I want Phil Jackson to be my manager. I want him <laughs> to be my boss. This guy just knows how to manage. He knows how to handle people. Everything he says is the right and smart thing to say until he's president of the Knicks and he's falling asleep at draft workouts. But that's that's a different thing. But managing people in the 90s, sign me up for, for Phil Jackson. Holy crap. He seemed he he came off fantastic in my in yeah my. no hundred percent yeah he he's coming off I think I mean he's gonna come off like a, like a he's gonna come out of this looking good uh, no matter what but I just love his little scenic his home in in uh, Wyoming where they have him sitting yeah. uh and yeah. talking and they just have uh, the great quotes um from like you just said Pippin's right or yeah Pippin was right I was I was behind him how he went into Krause's office and just and like for that last. Yeah. Negotiation track guys like this will be your last season. He said, fine, and just walked out. That's, That's it. That's awesome. We're done. <laughs> That's it. That was awesome. Uh it's a lot of Philisms. <laughs> a lot of insights of Phil. Because I feel like Phil throughout his career, he was good with the media, but like never really got an insightful feel. Like I feel like everything that came out from Phil from the media was very like secondhand, right? Like, yeah. oh, we hear he's given books. Like it never came directly from him. Yeah, uh, that's a good point because he. I'm going to contrast it with a, a soccer manager, Marlo. I, this might not work well with you, but uh, Mourinho is very much like he is combative and says things through the media to his players. Like he'll he'll say uh, something that is really it's answering a question the media asks, but it's really directed at a player. And it's very confrontational and it's very uh, or. If things are going badly, he's he'll take the media blame on himself. So he's very much a centerpiece of the media. But Phil, in his laid back style, probably did those things, but in a Phil Jackson kind of way, where it didn't wasn't so obvious. It wasn't so like out there, and like he was seemed very guarded, almost like he was like Greg Popovich in that way, but not in an asshole way. Yeah. Greg Popovich is that way in an asshole way. He's just like right. he's a, just a dick to the media. But Phil Jackson's like says something smart, would say something smart to the media, but it wasn't like the full story or it wasn't like it was like an innuendo that you didn't get if you weren't part of the team. In hindsight, you probably see it. Uh, but again, just to your point, like to kind of peel back the onion on Phil Jackson's kind of managerial style, his his coaching is is has been one of the bright spots for me so far. Another bright spot from Phil Jackson. I don't know if you saw this, and this one, this is a segment I want to bring up with you. Okay, and just we'll, we'll, we'll workshop here. We'll talk it through. His best outfit. Yeah, because Phil Jackson got off that bus in Paris, France, with a nice little raincoat on <laughs> and a tan little uh, tan hat. That was fantastic. I was like, this is definitely. I'm going to Paris, France outfit. <laughs> like, this is fantastic. And there are some other great like 90s sweaters <laughs> yeah. out there. Jordan with a lot of berets. A lot of berets yeah. from Jordan. Where's the beret? Um, the uh, the, the, uh, God, the knit hat with the, the just yeah. covers the top of the head. Those were hot. I remember those being hot. Suits um, not fitting at all. Yeah. <laughs> you did not have a fitted suit back then. Uh, what was some of the other... 
the young Phil, which looks like he was a kid that was that's like a teenager now, <laughs> with his like, <laughs> did you did you see that one? Like where the they had the flashback quick to when he was assistant with the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a good one. Um, obviously, all the Dennis Rodman stuff. Anytime <laughs> <laughs> does Rodman want anything? <laughs> yeah, hilarious. That was great. All right, well, we'll look out. Best outfits. Uh, it's just. I miss it a little bit. I miss a little bit of the, the weirdness, but kind of seeing like the thing that stands out to me is those sweaters, just like mm-hmm. fluffy sweaters that yeah. people are wearing. And it's like, you're going to be on TV. Like you're, you're meeting Michael Jordan today. And you're like, I'm going to put on this really weird pattern sweater. And you look yourself in the mirror. I'm not saying I'm fashionable by any means, Marlo. I'm not trying to say that, no. but like, you kind of think some of these scenarios they're going, I need to put on my best outfit. (laughs) That's what they came up with. Unbelievable. Uh, Keep an eye out for those. The outfits are great. And I made me miss the nineties a little bit. Made me miss miss wearing Not that I was wearing terrible. sweaters. I remember mainly starter jackets. I think I was transitioning from sweatpants to jeans in the mid nineties. Yeah, it's a big, that was a big move. Being old enough for <laughs> to wear jeans and sweatpants. Well, gonna, so, once this is all over, I'm gonna trans. I'm gonna have to find a way to transition to jeans. So. Well, we've transitioned back. We've tra- now we've transitioned back to sweatpants <laughs> from jeans. Yeah. So, so back to jeans. now jeans are now jeans are business casual. Just yeah. that that happened. Uh, pandemic talk. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Phil Jackson, great. Anything else? Uh, I guess we kind of moved off Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Um. Phil Jackson. All right. Um, next thing I wrote down, Marlo, they did a little bit where they talked again. I don't remember this happened, but they talked. Um, they had a couple of interviews with Michael Jim Jordan, right? Michael yep. Jordan's dad. Yep. And his family, I guess. His mom was there. His mom looks as old as Michael Jordan does now. My God. Yeah, she's looking um, good. Go, oh, Mama. Yeah, Mama Jordan. Mama Jordan looking great. Um, interviewing uh, his dad. His brothers forgot he had brothers. Yep. Again, didn't didn't not know, but just kind of like, oh, you don't hear about him. Uh, I, that sounded rude. I didn't mean it to be rude, but like, what are you talking about? I, I, you hear a story about it all the time. Your brother uh, used to beat him beat him basketball in the backyard every time, so he became it so did. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, his dad had a lot to do with that, and <laughs> it was really weird watching this. Uh, I don't know how you felt watching his dad kind of explain how he raised the kids. Because it seemed very, very tough <laughs> and well, very different than, let's say, how I'm doing it now. <laughs> well, definitely different how we're doing it now, for sure. I think, um, uh, yeah, it was good. I, I wasn't as surprised because it's it was very, you know, he's a he's a southern southern dad. Uh, yeah, it, you know, for Carolina, old school, obviously. Yeah, and it was a different time, like you said. Like it's not it's not how you do it now. I, I think. It's definitely different now, which could raise some eyebrows. But if I, if you put yourself back into that old school Southern way of of parenting, I, I think it, it fits right in. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I get, you're right. It makes like it makes sense, and I I kind of knew. Yeah, that's how it went. And as you mentioned, you know, him playing basketball with his brothers, and you know them beating the shit out of him, and. In basketball, and maybe actually beating the shit out of him, but you know, um, 
that is obviously part of the lure of Michael Jordan, right? And I, they did touch on the whole getting cut from uh, or not making varsity his sophomore year, which apparently translated to him being cut, and then you know people ran with that. Uh, it was interesting, but it was just I was watching it, and I was just like. I was struck by how his that inter the interviews with his dad like affected me as a dad. <laughs> it's just like how can you be like that? And just like it, I guess you, you I guess you could say it worked because um, he became the best basketball player of all time. But it's just like get better, you know. Like <laughs> it's like attitude. It's like well, you shouldn't have lost. You should have, you know. I pushed him. I probably pushed him too hard. It's just like. As I sit here and, you know, again, I have a four-year-old, so it's not like I'm making him run hills or anything, but it's like I struggle with how hard to push versus nurture, right? Yep. You know, how much you uh, console versus how much you push. That's a very real everyday thing. And he was just like, push. Am I pushing up? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push more. There's no consoling. It's all pushing. And that just watching that, I was like, holy crap. You're, I agree with you. It makes sense. But like as I was watching that, I was like, each <laughs> like this this feels a bit much um a bit much um speaking of things that are kind of lore as as getting cut uh the golf scenes yeah. hilarious yeah the golf scenes hilarious those are great give scotty pippen a a bag of golf clubs and they go that's a pretty nice gift for a rookie he goes he just wanted to take money from me that's why he <laughs> gave it to me absolutely hilarious uh the story about um, P.S. Did they not make uh, Did they not make custom clubs back then? Because like Michael was like big. Oh, his putting, so far. Yeah. his putting was like it was like his back was at like it was like ninety degrees. It was like parallel to the ground. <laughs> trying to put that putter in. You know, there's lots of different putting stances, Marlo. I can't I can't say <laughs> one thing or another uh, about that. Um, it was it was hilarious, hilarious to see. Um, then they had the story about him in 86. They lose game one to the Celtics. He goes out and golfs with Danny Ainge and some other people for some reason. Uh, and loses at that. And that's where I think they had the funny putter footage from, which that yeah. they had footage of him golfing with Danny Ainge is bizarre, but whatever it happened. Um, and you just see him on the course and he is just just the competitor in a bad sense. He's just pissed. He's unhappy. He's, you know, grabbing at his neck and, and cursing under his breath and just like, why would you want to go golfing with this guy? Unless he's bad and you take his money. But like, it seems just completely unenjoyable to be golfing with. And then he goes out and scores those 63 points. And I think my favorite that led to the favorite quote. My favorite quote was Larry Bird. In that game. So the Celtics end up winning uh, yeah. in, in 86. They won the game. They won the series. And But Jordan scored 63 points in a losing effort. None of those were from three-pointer, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, side note there. He made 22 shots all inside the arc. Um, and oh, God, did I write it down? Uh, yeah, here we go. That wasn't Michael Jordan. That was God disguised as Michael Jordan. <laughs> Fantastic. Unbelievable quote. Larry Bird, unbelievable interview. Um, I, I can't wait to see. So I, I went back and saw kind of the the hype video 
uh, for this. I watched that again, and they showed all the people who interviewed, and there are so many more to come. Charles Barkley's in there. We haven't seen him yet. I'm so oh, excited yeah. to see Charles Barkley. Just like we got a little bit of Larry Bird, a little bit of Magic Johnson, and I'm just, I'm just so excited for who else is going to show up in these interviews because if they're giving us quotes like that, that was God disguises Michael Jordan. That is an unbelievable quote by like the fifth best player of all time. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, anyway, we got there from golf somehow. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Jordan's dad. All right. Uh, last thing I had, Marlo. Anything? You, before I no, move on, you know, we, can go, we can move on. I love our windy path um, here. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, all right. His second season. Yeah. All right. I'm surprised about I'm surprised you didn't know this. I did not know this. Maybe I knew it and forgot, but I did not know. He, he essentially missed the whole second season. Um, broke a bone in his ankle, which apparently is the... Isn't... Uh, it was not a... It was a bone that was not healed easily because of its right. location. It's yep. far from blood vessels. Blood vessels heal bones. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I watched a documentary on it, though. Um, <laughs> I didn't know he missed the second season. But kind of came back for the playoffs for the thirty and fifty-two team. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the biggest surprise to me. I didn't realize that that you know people t- <laughs> talk about the balance of power now and yeah. how like crappy teams get into the, <laughs> the playoffs, <laughs> but freaking going down to the wire to become a thirty-win team to make the playoffs just seems wild. Um, like, like two teams didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> they're, they're, like it was more teams made the playoffs and missed play. It, it seems so weird that to think about it now where essentially half the teams make the playoffs, right? Yeah, Eight, yeah. 16 teams. There's 30 teams, right? About half. Like barely anybody missed the playoffs. Who cares? It seems so weird that we have the same format in 2020 as we did back in 1986 or 85 or 85. It would have, would have been. It seems so. No, 86. It seems so bizarre. Um, they were the same form and the same number of teams getting in because so few miss the playoffs. And they're jumping around, they're celebrating. Um, but this is very important. We'll get to kind of the injury again in a minute because this is where we learn that Michael Jordan does not understand how tanking and building a basketball team works. <laughs> He's too freaking competitive because he wanted to... Okay, two parts. One, how do they not put him in for the last 15 seconds? It doesn't make any sense. Seven minutes are up, man. Jared Reisdorf, he wanted to, he wanted to tank. He said so himself. He's like, "We're not gonna make a championship. Why would we go to the playoffs?" Uh, that's <laughs> seven minutes up. Your uh, coach doesn't want to lose his job. I get it. It's a play. It's one play. He's not gonna put more money. It doesn't make. It makes no sense at all. That 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 would be like. Yeah, if you're. <laughs> It doesn't mean if you hit that in like there's like four minutes left in the game. Yeah, but you hit that and there's literally 15 seconds left. He's going to put as much wear walking to the bench as to do the one play. Oh, he would have a couple, whatever. You, there's no wear. There's no wear on his on his body there. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Michael Jordan. Is. You can say Michael Jordan's the first one to do loan management. Like he just knows that he <laughs> No, he he would blow his mind if he had to load manage. Holy cow. Uh, so th- the decision, absolutely ridiculous. Um, I guess if you are tanking, the decision makes sense. But like, 
that wasn't how it was presented. It was presented as I'm going to lose my job, which I guess is tanking, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but George doesn't understand that. He's like, we could have made the playoffs, but not gotten a lottery pick. That probably would help us a lot more. And just that explains a lot of Jordan as a GM and, or what owner GM on the oh, Wizards. Yeah, was a yeah, the GM first. Yeah, or whatever play, player GM coach, whatever he was in the Wizards uh, and owner happened. that, yeah. that he, he doesn't really, doesn't really understand how that part works. Uh, but in, so then he goes, he's hurt the second season and they essentially say you have a 90% chance that everything's fine. He's like, I'm good. Let's go roll the basketball and I'm going to go. And they're like, no, there's a 10% chance again, sliding doors moment, right? We've seen so many, you know, big guys. You think, you know, Ralph Sampson, you, you think like leg injuries, you think Greg Odin, you know, people yeah. who have like, there's a 10% chance your career is just over. And then it's just over. An injury happens and it's over. Um, and Jordan's like, no, roll the dice. <laughs> Whatever. And the, great quote. Great, great quote. And they go, think about it this way, Michael. You have a headache. And I have a pill. And there's a 90% chance you get rid of, get rid of your headache. It's a 10% chance. It kills you. Do you want to take it? And he just goes, depends how bad the fucking headache is. <laughs> Just fantastic as Reindorf is trying to explain risk management to him. Um, comes out, he's fine. Any of the 90% happens. Um, but to think that there was a 10% chance that Michael Jordan doesn't happen yeah. is absolutely mind boggling to even consider. <laughs> yeah, that's a path I don't think anyone wants to go down. Yeah. No, <laughs> I just started to do it and I'm like, stop. This is not going not gonna to this, this is not going to end well. Um, I had the, my last one was they, they put him on for the last 15 seconds, um, which probably wasn't the actual end of the show. Um, no, it wasn't. Raiden, back to Scotty Pippen. Uh, they were like five and f- five and five, and everybody was freaking out. Like, well, yeah. Scotty Pippen, they're like a 500 team. It's like, just relax. There are a couple of games in the season. Everybody relax. Um, advertising, Marlo. Want to talk about the advertising during this? Yeah. I know you missed him. I know you missed him, but Facebook and the portal is back. I know. It's back. Okay. So this is bleeding into real, this is bleeding into other conversations, but yeah, <laughs> Facebook portal. I, I never, I, it, yeah, it's, I've noticed it too, Casey. It slapped me in the face because I've been complaining <laughs> all weekend, like why Facebook didn't jump on us because we had, I forgot if it was last basketball season or f- playoff season or football season, whenever they came out, but you couldn't do a commercial, you couldn't do a commercial break without hearing about the portal. Yeah. And then COVID happened. I was like, well, where's the Facebook portal? Like, why am I not yep. walking around? And then, yeah, nothing but Facebook. Nothing but Facebook portal through this yeah. whole thing. Marlo's favorite company is back. And now yep. it's the Facebook company. Yeah. Sounds so much <laughs> so much more serious. And they make real things and they provide valuable service. They're a very important company. Yes. Um, the whole thing is provided by State Farm. Mm-hmm. The Facebook company, Reese's. And in part by AbbVie. AbbVie, yes. But only in part. I'm not sure how that works. I need a designation between why they're only in part by AbbVie, but they're not one of the main ones. I, I need a little breakdown of that. But every time they said that, it was hilarious. Yeah. So here's the here's the here's the main guys, but in part by AbbVie was absolutely hilarious. The uh, um, good one was the State Farm, the e- the Kenny Main ESPN Sports Center spoof. 
where yeah. he predicts the future. That one was good. That was good. That got me. Was that a real predicts the future or was that <laughs> come on, Kings? Was that dubbed? That was dubbed. <laughs> that was dubbed, man. Dubbed. Okay, just making sure. Just making dubbed. sure. Kiss Kenny Maine. I don't know. He might have powers, Marlo. I'm just saying. He might, dude. Kenny Maine, very underrated <laughs> sports center person personality. I don't know if he's still with the company, but I loved Kenny Maine. Still do. Great commercial. Top top five sports center personalities. Go. Uh, at ESPN or in general. Well, Sports Center, Sports Center people. Oh, Sports Center. Well, uh, Stuart Scott. Obviously. Stuart Scott. <sighs> Overman. Overman is up there. Scott Van Pelt. SVP. Got a, Kenny Main. Kenny Main. Throw in there. I'm. I'm. No, I'm blanking on something. I'm missing. Berman was pretty good. Berman, good Berman, prime good Berman. Berman. Like not too early Berman, but not too late Berman. Like when when going back, 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 gone was was fresh. Yeah. That Berman. Yeah. When it was used correctly, when it was used on point, yes, that Berman. Linda Cohn, fantastic. Yes, she was good. Linda Cohn, yes, that's that's what I see. Linda Cohn was, she was good. All right, that was a good exercise. I like that one. Tell us who we missed. Yeah. I see the guy's face. I can't remember his name. Ah, whatever. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, that's all I got. Episode. Oh, oh, last thing. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I miss this. I want to bring. Oh, up. I miss it. <laughs> this was, this was early, um, early, early in the show. They talked about Milwaukee. They said Milwaukee yep. has been a nemesis for Chicago, <laughs> and I was like, God damn! I don't remember those days. What the <laughs> hell was that? <laughs> and then I started paying attention. The Bucks just stunk until uh, two thousand <laughs> or whatever it was. It was just it was just music to my ears. That's all I had. That's all that's all I got. Season or season one. Episode one and two. Yeah. How long did that take, Marlo? Oh, it's just hour fifteen, no big deal. Are think people still here? People still <laughs> listening? They're definitely still here. Definitely still here. That was great. I can't wait. I I was sad when it's over, but guess what? We got four more fresh weeks. So we get Woo! four more weeks of this breakdown, but with segments. And maybe hopefully, yeah, hopefully Casey can watch it in chronological order. Um as as we go forward, because now he has. I mean, out, outfits gonna be a segment, yeah. and we'll keep an out uh, out for that. I think. I think. I, I think outfits. I think uh, best uh, cameo interviewers. That should be a good one, or best quotes from him should be good. Well, one. quotes has to be a different thing. Okay, fine. Because this one, this one quotes. We have the off switch quote. Yeah, we had. Um, okay, quotes. Quotes is a different one. Quotes is a different one. Best like cameo slash interview or random cameo. Yeah, yeah. Maybe more former presidents. Like, more, probably maybe, not. Probably, probably most not. Likely not. <laughs> we'll see. Um, there's uh, how many more? I mean, there's eight. So four more weeks. There's eight more episodes. No, I know. I was gonna say how many former presidents are alive. Two. Oh, okay. We got Bush. Yeah, Bush. Is Carter still alive? I, I'm I think Jimmy. I'm I think Jimmy Carter. I'm not doing this. <laughs> so that's two. I'm not doing this. That might be it. That might be it. I don't see them working their way back in. <laughs> this. I don't. Yeah. See, I don't yeah. see it. Um. All right. Outfit. All right. The last dance. Outfit. That, that was it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> let's, get to, let's, let's get on to our over. second. Let's get to our second topic. <laughs> <laughs> but first, let's have. A break partially sponsored by somebody, Marlo. 
the Facebook Not really. portal. <laughs> by, by the Facebook company. Um, all right. No, I just got to. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> I need to break off your back. <laughs> all right. That was a great break. <laughs> this is an awesome break. We will uh, turn away from uh, past NBA to talk about future NFL. That was a good transition. Uh, so perfect. We got the, we got the NFL draft this week, Thursday. Uh, round one on Thursday. Virtual draft. Yeah. No one cares. Teams are still picking picking players. Uh, so, Corey, uh, <laughs> Casey, should we dive in with so, uh, some interesting storylines? For how excited I was for a documentary about the Bulls. Has made me realize how freaking starved I am for sports and new sports content. Yep. And has made me a thousand times more excited for this draft really? than I was last week. Nice. Not, and we'll talk about the interesting storylines because are they really that interesting? I'm not sure, but just to have the draft happen, <laughs> yeah. I could not be more excited for. And I, I think last week, again, I was down in the dumps last week, but... I am just excited to have sports, sports news, things to think about and things to talk about that are happening now. I just, I've gone, uh, I guess, in my excitement meter from like mildly to ecstatic. I'm ecstatically excited for the NFL draft. Again, not particularly because of what will be happening, but because something will be happening. Yes. All right. NFL draft. Let's go. We got excitement. In the air, as always with any NFL draft, we start with the, it all starts with the QB. All starts with the QB at the top. Where will they all go? Well, I thought, yeah, I was trying to think through interesting storylines, and I think let's start with the QBs. This is the most interesting one because this has been the most, I think, wide ranging on who will go where and where they'll go, um, and it kind of has shifted the most. Um, Joe Burrow is going to go number one. We all know that. So um, I think one, I think just his rise to be number one was interesting. The LSU season kind of thinking back that was phenomenal. Um, but from there, you kind of transition and you go, well, who's next? Where are they going? Because we've heard Tua, right? Talked about, but he has a health situation. We have Herbert, uh, who I don't want to say I was unimpressed with because he beat the Badgers in, in the Rose Bowl, but he did that more with his leg than his arm. Yep. I went into that game thinking also, uh, short fields, but we're not, I mean, if you want to go back to the episode after Rose Bowl, you can hear all about it. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to drudge it up, but like I didn't leave that game going. That's an NFL quarterback. Yep. That's for sure. Uh, it's Jordan love. Shoot. I just wrote on love, whatever love <laughs> who, uh, out of oh god, out of Utah State, I'm blanking on this. Love, who's been rising up the charts, has been rumored to go as high as like five or six. And then we obviously have Jalen Hurts, um, who is kind of getting the Lamar Jackson treatment yeah. uh, right now. Um, and just kind of looking at mock drafts, looking at draft boards, I've seen any of these guys. I haven't seen Hurts, but the other three. I've seen all of them go somewhere in the top five and I've seen some of them drop out of the first round and everywhere in between. Um, 
so I think that's a, the most interesting thing kind of from a neutral standpoint uh, to watch is where those other Carter quarterbacks go after Joe Burrow. Yeah. As always, it's, it's going to be interesting. I don't, my theory is I don't think it's going to be a run on QBs early. Right. Uh, hmm. And I could be totally wrong because I'm blinking on the time. I'll bring it up now. Who's picking top at uh, the top. But I think Burrow. Well, you got, you got the Chargers up there pretty high. I mean, so t- we'll talk about top three in a second. But if you're talking like top ten, yeah, you got um, obviously the Bengals picking number one. But you got uh, the Chargers up there. You got the Dolphins up there. You have some teams that would be in need of of quarterbacks, right? Seemingly, um, but do they want to spend? A number four pick and or number right, five just, pick, yeah, on that, yeah, exactly. Because I don't think, unless you go with Tua, which is a question mark because of injuries, right? Yeah, I don't think anyone else is. You look at it and you're like, that's that's franchise quarterback, right? That's the quarterback of our future, like for sure, right? Right. I think if you saw a pre-injured Tua, you could say that, right? But again, right, yeah, yeah. Then I think then we would be sitting here arguing Burrow or Tua number one. And that would be right. a legitimate, a legitimate argument. Yeah. Um, but with the injury concern, obviously that we're not we're not having that. We're talking about now. We're talking about how far will Tua fall? Yeah. Um, if far at all, I mean, he could still go. Oh yeah, five. But um, that's I think the the main the main intrigue. And you know Herbert, another guy who like kind of coming in this season, you're like he's going to kind of cement himself as this franchise quarterback and throughout the year, not just the Rose Bowl, but, uh, and that was just my, you know, kind of my personal, you know, scouting look at him, I guess, so to speak. But like throughout the year, you're kind of like, yeah, but I just expect a little bit more from him. And then the, there's the whole, is he too tall thing? <laughs> just, <laughs> just great. Um, just a lot of questions, but a lot of upside that you could see anybody talking themselves into any one of these quarterbacks. Um, out of Tua Herbert and, and Love, I think. So that's interesting. Then uh, the Jalen Hurts, I don't, is it a situation, whatever? Um, where he goes, I, th- I think is an interesting thing too because um, obviously he's kind of thrown into this kind of quote-unquote athletic quarterback, right? Um, and where does that fit into the NFL? And obviously we have Lamar Jackson be very successful last year. Is he like Lamar Jackson ish right kind of is but he's not and uh how does how would he look in the nfl um is obviously a a significant storyline for this draft and how far he stays on the board i think will be something to track yeah i think uh i've seen hertz go as far as the mid-second round so yeah it definitely i think He'll probably be the like the last of these guys off the board. Oh, but, for sure, yeah. And it'll, but it will be interesting how far apart they are from that, and if he's going to get a chance to be with a team that he has a chance to start right away, or, um, you know, a team that has something set up as opposed to going to a really crappy team, and yeah. be put in a situation to be, to win right away whenever he gets in. Yeah, or like put on a team put a team that's like okay now you have to learn how to be our type of quarterback yeah or a team like what the ravens did where they're like oh let's change our offense to suit your uh your positives what you're good at let's let's change our offense to to help you be the best 
in our team instead of trying to change you to be in our team, I think will be really interesting to see uh, from him. And I don't know. I just, the way he handled the Tua situation and the way he then went on to play at Oklahoma, we knew he was a good football player, right? Good quarterback. Um, I think he just handled it all with class. So I'm, you know, rooting for him and, and interested to see where, where he goes. I think that's why I'm a little bit more keyed in on, on where he's going to go. Um, so we kind of talked about there not being a run on quarterbacks in the top, top of the draft. And I think this is kind of a reason why I was not very excited before I realized that I am just craving live, anything live. Yeah. <laughs> um, top three picks seem pretty, pretty well figured out and they have been for a while. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to go to the Bengals. Chase Young is going to go to the Redskins and um, Akuda is going to go to the Lions unless they trade out of, I guess that's the only position there, but that's been the top three in every mock draft that I've ever seen. And it hasn't changed. And then a tackle is going to go to the tackle might change, but tackle is going to go to the giants at four. So like the top isn't as, as exciting as you might have in other years where you're like, you have one or two people who are talking about, um, picking something different or you have somebody who's like, well, this doesn't really fit in need. So they might trade out. It's like, these are needs for each of these teams. It would be great fits for each of these teams. And this is probably how it's going to go. So I think there's just a lack of excitement about the top three because it's kind of spelled out, right? Yeah, Uh, I think so. But I I don't think that's indifferent than many years, right? I think, most years that one, two, and then maybe a three is locked. Is pretty much locked. It's, it's pretty much locked. All yeah, right, I'm just being. You're, I mean, no, but this, recent this recency it. bias. Yeah, yeah, it has every year, but that's again why the draft is so great, and that is also too when you get there, and, and the Bengals are 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 not going to get uh move themselves out of number one, but right. some of these other teams might, and we might have a mixed risky. So you just never know. You never. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. It's just. It's. I think it's just more so that, like, Burrow is clearly the best quarterback. Yep. Chase Young is clearly the best non-quarterback, and Akuda is clearly the best cornerback. Um, and the Lions need a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just. It just makes sense. Um. As it goes, but you're right. Anything can happen. It is, you know, we are talking about the Bengals, the Redskins, and the Lions. So it's not. Yeah, it's not what we're talking about pillars of decision making here. Yep. All right. Next storyline. We're interested in Marlo. Where will the Badgers go? Where will the Badgers go? Uh, obviously, Jonathan Taylor kind of leading the way. I've seen him anywhere from mid first round to mid second round. It seems like the prevailing wisdom is he'll go second round, which still seems crazy to me, but I think that's just a sign of the value of running backs in 2020. Uh, then we got next up would be Zach Bond. I think at least my dress I've seen probably going somewhere in the second round. I've seen a couple of sneaks in the first round, but that seems a little bit ambitious. Yeah. Uh, beat as to, to the Patriots. Sounds a great fit. Yeah. 
<laughs> Didn't like that one. Guess not. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Lost you there. Choppy. What was that? Oh, I heard oh, first you. round to the Patriots. I said, <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. Zach Brown, first round to the Patriots. Uh, seems like a good fit. You sounded like you didn't like it because you couldn't hear me. <laughs> so, but we're well, I don't like anybody. I don't like anybody on the Patriots. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm um, Oh, James White has done okay there. Um, got beat ass uh, going third round. I saw, and then Cephas going. I saw anywhere from third to f- fifth or later. Uh, I can't imagine him uh, being on the board that long. It is a deep wide receiver draft, yeah. which we'll talk about when we talk sure. about the Packers. Um, but but somewhere in there, um, I think they're all. I think they all got. It feels about right. I I would like to see Taylor and Bond both go first round. Obviously, I want them to do well, but um, I think they have the talent uh, to do that. And then uh, Cephas, if he can creep up into those earlier rounds, would be really great to see. Well, that's where we got our eyes on the Badgers, Marlow. Anything else? Interesting storylines outside of our teams that you're you're locking in on? Thinking about for the draft? Um, no, man. As always, I like to see where the, where the Big Ten falls in general when the yeah. uh, when all the dust settles. Um, just you know, one of one of those bragging right things. Uh, I again, it, especially in the NFL where you're drafted, is a lot about situation. If you're going to be successful, uh, yeah. So to see like some players, it, I actually I know it sucks for them, but like like to see them fall, you know, down to maybe a later first round where it's like they could be successful right away, where otherwise if they get drafted by the Bengals per se, and it just all goes to shit. Yeah. Then, um, but yeah, kind of those diamonds in the rough. I just wanted I like to see that. But yeah, those are all like my personal storylines. <laughs> no one sure. else cares about. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. No, no, that's interesting. People falling to uh, to a better situation, a better a uh, better franchise. Yep. Um, interesting. Yeah, keep an eye on that. I I do also root for Big Ten to be picked. I saw a lot of Iowa like offensive linemen and stuff early. Uh, I know that the tackle is one of the ones being rumored to go to the Giants. I remember his name because can't be bothered, but um, yeah. Whatever. Iowa sucks still. Um, all right. The Bears have some draft picks for Marlowe, right? They don't have a first round. They do not have a first round draft pick. They do not have a first round. Um, they do not pick until the 43rd pick overall. And the 11th pick in the second round. Okay. Okay. And um, what are they picking, Marlowe? What, what are you looking at? What does What do the Chicago Bears need? What do you want them to focus on? Well... I, this is what I so I doubt they're going to, but they need an offensive line, right? They need something. They need a lot of things on offense, but I believe it all starts with the line, right? Yeah. Um. So I like to see an offensive line, uh, and then just go try a quarterback out, all right? Just try a quarterback out. <laughs> see, hurts is hurts is is there at I don't know. I mean, the forty three by forty. Not forty. Yeah, your first draft pick, maybe not. No, but. not the first, but the for the second draft pick in the second round. I say go for it. I say go for it. At fiftieth overall, why not? Probably the forty third and the fiftieth then? Yeah, the forty third and the fiftieth. Yeah. Stacking up those second round picks. Yeah. Um 
be a card backfield, Marlo. I mean, just think of Mitch's ego. If you not only Mitch's bring in Nick ego Foles. is gone. It doesn't matter. It's gone anyways. Like, it's just, he's just shattered, just, broken. Like, they brought in Nick Foles with, like, just cracked the last vertebrae in his back that he had. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's done. Like, you might, you just move on. If Hurts is there, go ahead and pick him up. Pick him up. But if he's not, I even round four or five, just draft the quarterback and see what happens. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> I just have uh, uh, making up a, a verbal meme in my, in my head here uh, <laughs> as it goes. Um, Mitch Kubrisky is you watch WWF when you're going up like yeah. Royal Rumbles and stuff. Yeah. So Nick Foles run, runs in the ring. Mitch Kubrisky is Diesel. Right. He picks him up. He throws him out of the ring. Who's in the ring with him? Shawn Michaels. Oh, that's actually Jalen Hurts. And then he sweet chin music some knocks him out. Jalen Hurts is starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Boom. <laughs> that was a great. That was pretty good. That was good. I couldn't remember who Diesel threw out of the ring, but whatever. It doesn't that doesn't really matter. Yeah. But he's sweet chin music some. Uh that was, I think, hmm. Probably the best heel turn in WWF that I like my first like major heel turn that I that I remember. Although there was probably a, a Macho Man one in there somewhere uh, before that that I uh, I'm blanking on, but I remember seeing that and being like my, my my little childhood head exploding. Um, all right, uh, Bears draft offensive line. Um, Probably, probably, right? You had the, what's his name, retired, right? Yeah, yeah, Chris Long. Yeah, he retired. Probably needs some help there. It wasn't a great line there. Um, quarterback. That'd be interesting if they if they took. I, Jalen Hurts, that seems like a lot of draft capital uh, after getting Nick Foles. Um, and I, I guess I, <laughs> I want the Bears to have less options at quarterback, so I wouldn't like to see that. Uh, just because... Of the risk of one of them working, actually working out, would be would be not great for for my fandom. Um, why don't you have a first round pick? Was that in the Khalil Mack trade? Yeah, it's still Khalil Mack. It's the last. last this is not, it was two two first rounders. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right, uh, Marley. I know you want to hear me talk about the Packers. So I'm going to talk about the Packers. Can't wait. So it's mentioned this last week. It's wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Yep. The first pick has to be wide receiver. Um, it seems like all the ones I kind of have my heart set on <clears throat> um, won't be there. So we're kind of at the 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 next tier where uh, I can't remember his name. The wide receiver from Colorado, wide receiver from Arizona State. It's just bad that I remember them by the colleges and not their names, but that's where I'm at right now. Um so it seems like it's like a tier below and maybe that's just in how I kind of viewed them in college comparative to like the Alabama wide receivers to CD lamb. Um, the LSU wide receivers, uh, seems like all of those ones I really, really want are going to go earlier. I've seen some draft mock drafts where they show the Packers trading up. That doesn't seem very, uh, Packers-esque, although uh, our new GM is a bit more aggressive. Uh, at least he has been in the free agent market, so maybe he will also be in the draft. Um, even seeing them move up to 18 to get Jerry Judy, which I would absolutely love 
um, because we need somebody who can actually run around and get open. That would be nice. Uh, Other than that, Marlo, uh, inside linebacker, the problem with this draft, though, is it seems like it's very weak at inside linebacker. Um, It's a lot more kind of like edge rushers slash um, almost like defensiveless position players, if that makes sense. Like they could be a safety or a linebacker or this. And it's like, no, we just need somebody who can like be in the middle of the field, get off of a block and make a tackle. And there's not a lot of those guys in this draft. So I don't know where that comes from in the draft, but I know that's a need for the Packers and like to see them pick up something there. And I've seen a lot of drafts with Nate Stanley going to the Packers at some late round Right, that's his name, the Iowa quarterback Stanley. Uh, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, Sounds that right. guy, Iowa quarterback going to the Packers, which nice makes me throw up throw up a little bit in my quarterback mouth. Quarterback of the future, the quarterback of the and <sighs> yeah. So now it's it's are we doing this where we're drafting six seventh rounders <laughs> or whatever? One of them I saw in the third round. And I was like, settle down, mock draft guy. <laughs> that's a bit. <laughs> that's a bit much. Uh, he's probably going to be available later. Um, but it sounds like there might be a quarterback in the future, which is, it wouldn't be the, you know, the first time if it's a, if it's a late round pick, trying to pick somebody up who could fill in, maybe develop into something. But, uh, I don't know. Just every time you see quarterback and it, it just kind of gets you thinking like, what about what's the situation with the starting quarterback? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In some situations, it's like, Let's freaking get this guy out of here and substitute. And it's like, am I really getting to that point where I have to draft another quarterback? And that's a little bit of the fear in the back of my mind as we draft quarterback in the future. I probably said the same thing when Rogers was drafted, um, but I don't know. There's a whole lot of I don't know. I need to. I don't need to go down that route. <laughs> that thought process right now, but that's something like it, Milo. Though wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Get somebody who can get open. Maybe a tight end who can run. Um, although uh, we got rid of the one who couldn't run. He's on the Bears now. So. Oh, geez. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I'm just excited for the draft, Marlon. I'm just... I'm excited to see what the which, Packers do. Which network are you going to watch on? Which of the four ways that you watch a draft are you going to watch a draft? Um, All of them. No. What's more nice. what of my options? What are the differences? I don't even know uh, the difference. ABC, I, ESPN, which I think is, I don't even, I don't know. I think it's a simulcast, but I think they, I don't, I think it is now, but I think before it wasn't going to be, it was like ABC was going to be different than ESPN. You got the NFL network. Well, I probably won't. I, you probably have to pay for that. I'm not going to pay money. It's <laughs> not part of my There's Hulu. There's some other like, internet stream that's something else. So well, I'll do the normal. I'm just going to do the normal one. Okay. I heard Peyton Manning is going to be there. Oh, um, That'll be good. Um, for the Monday night spot. ESPN's just like Peyton Manning. Anything you want to do, we'll take as much or as little. Just give us a little Peyton Manning. Just give us a little Peyton, please. Um, no, I'll just do. I'll do whatever the main one is. If it's ABC, if it's ESPN, I'll I'll, I'll watch the main one. Um, it would be really funny if they had like individual, like if like Fox Sports Wisconsin ran one, and it was just like. The Packers I coverage. I don't know why they don't. I don't. I don't know why they don't. Well, like because ESPN, the ESPN doesn't want that because everyone wants to their own. But like, yeah, I know. It'd still be fun. Then Packers announcers could like shit on the Bears picks. That would be hilarious. Yeah, I know. It'd be, that would be, be so, so fun. Awesome. Like I get to sit there. Like I would have something to truly like watch 
intently as a Marlo, fan for round one. Let's do this. We will do it. We will <laughs> simul. We we will. Let's broadcast it's the on. draft. It's on. And we will. I don't know how to do it. We're doing it. We'll, we'll it. figure out how to do it by Thursday, which is only three days away. So it will definitely happen. And we will be. I'll be the Packers. One, you be the Bears, and we'll just shit on everybody else's picks. It'll be great. It's on Facebook Live, baby. Oh yeah, we did. On, we did the thing on Facebook Live. We did on Facebook Live. Yeah, it's happening. You you brought it up. <laughs> We're doing it. Thursday. I didn't. I didn't run past anybody in the family who <laughs> keeps the schedule or anything. Oh my god! All right, it may or may not happen. So just look. It's, it will happen. It will. That will be fun, and I want to do it. And I just more so from a sense of like, I just want to be involved in the draft. Like I'm. I. I cannot. I. I said this at the top of the draft. Like I cannot express how much I want the draft to happen. <laughs> Just have live sport, a thing that is live and is happening. Like I, uh, yeah, we should we should do it. I think we should do it. I think we'll talk about it later. But I think we should do it. All right, all right. This so, is me at yeah ten forty four at the end of a insanely long podcast <laughs> saying this. But I totally yeah. think we should. All right, yeah. We'll text in the morning. We'll see. We'll see where your head's at then. Um, cool. Anything else on the drafts? Uh. No, I think I think that's that's it. Yeah. I'm really excited for our draft simulcast. Yeah, another another way to to indulge in the draft. All right, well, that was a fun one, Casey. For the time that we're in to have that much fun on this podcast was very, very, uh, very needed. Just to say, the yeah. Least. Uh, so that was good. I hope you guys had fun with us. As always, give us a follow on Twitter at 132Breeze, myself at MarloJR, Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we'll see you on Thursday. Other than that, I'm all good. Casey, do you have any last words? Can you change your handle? Yeah. You your can. Twitter handle? Can I, I can change it yeah. if it's available. Okay. I'm thinking of changing it, Marlon. <laughs> I'm thinking of changing uh-huh. it. Just throwing it out there. I okay. have an idea. All right. Um, Got to make sure that people can follow you. I just thought of it as a, you know, again, yep. you know, two hours of 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 talking. I don't usually normally do this. Um, well, until next time, fellow fans, uh, stay safe and be well. <laughs>